Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we review the Bare Naked Ladies songs from birth of the band right up until their present day, but in alphabetical order, the correct order. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the Low blow four seconds into the podcast. <laughs> oh, easily, yes. <laughs> it's the only way that makes sense, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I am Tracy, and I am joined by... Aaron. And Michelle. And tonight we are joined by Saker from It's All Been Done podcast. Weirdly enough, review BNL songs in <laughs> album release order. <laughs> yeah, we like to go a little crazy with it sometimes. You know. Sacrilege. But uh, my OCD is just getting yeah. triggered all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's more it's more simple when you just have it laid out for you like that for you in the order that the the, the beanakes would want you to hear it. I think it makes more sense that way. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. Well, I think probably the easiest way to do things would be to contrast it with your podcast. Whereas you guys are knowledgeable about the Baronet Ladies, you know uh, the lyrics and the key signatures and the tempo and the backstories. Uh, Evan and I are um, clueless about the Baronet Ladies, um, so we we definitely have an outsider's viewpoint. Uh, and I think what what is this podcast rated? Um. Supposedly, it's rated PG thirteen, not not explicit. But I've been okay, not been we, doing we make... a lot of bleeps lately. <laughs> okay, we make we make a lot more yeah. poo poo jokes uh, than this podcast does. I believe on our latest episode, we talked about if we would eat butter if it came from a dog's butt for about twenty five minutes before we actually got That's, to the. Song. You know, you got to get to the bottom of that before you move on. Uh... Well, I think again, as the bare naked ladies would want us to do. It's it. interesting you say that though, because our very first official hater uh, told us that we had too much sophomoric humor. So maybe we should have gone with the fresh manic humor instead. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, it's the way to go. I don't know. We we have our haters as well. Well, I, I love reading. I mean, I don't mean to sound like one of those people. Like, oh, I love it when yeah. you troll me. Oh, your your hate makes me stronger. But the one star reviews on our podcast are always like, uh, these guys don't know anything about American ladies. Like, it's right there on the tin, guys. I don't know what to tell you. I have a question for you. Sure. What made you decide to pick? The Bare Naked Ladies. Mm, good question. <laughs> so Evan really wanted to do a podcast called Childhood's End that was about, like, the things we were really into when we were younger and, like, examining, like, oh, I really loved Muppet Babies. Let's watch an episode from an adult viewpoint and kind of get into it there. And I said, that's fun, but I feel like, you know, if somebody liked the Muppet Babies but they didn't like The Last Unicorn, then they're going to be in one, out the other. Let's just pick one thing that we liked when we were teens and then just do a <laughs> deep dive. And if they're into it, they're into it. And if they're not, whatever... And so we somehow spun the roulette wheel and ended up on Bare Naked Ladies, which, uh, with some ironic detachment, uh, I think that's what uh, what we finally found. So, but it's it's been fun. Yeah, I think we should do a podcast on the Last Unicorn, actually, and the Muppet <laughs> Babies. So if that ever happens, I'm in. I'm totally in. Our powers okay. combined. <laughs> you are you're our first guest. And actually, I'd like to do the Rugrats too. Oh, that's so. a great show. Great oh, perfect. Show. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, okay, maybe we will. Evan keeps saying it's a good idea. I keep saying no, but apparently we'll have to do it yeah. eventually, so we'll get you on there. Good, awesome, I'm in. Yeah. Now, can you elucidate real quickly on Evan's recent theory on Kevin and Ooh. and and that he was, is that correct, he was turned? <laughs> yeah. yeah. daywalker. So, I mean, if you don't listen to It's All Been Done, uh, we... we Assume that the well, we don't assume. We've we've taken the clues, and we now understand that the album Gordon is about uh, the bare naked ladies' slow turn into <laughs> vampires, uh, or or how they've been vampires for ages. Um, we assume that Kevin Hearn was kind of a late uh, add to this. Um, you know what? 
Dude, honestly, I, I know you're referencing something in our episode where we went and saw a Naked Lady's concert, but truly, our whole show goes in one of my ears and out the other. Was Kevin the, the father vampire? Was he like the sire of the whole he clan? Was, or that was Jim. What's that term when, when they turn a ghoul? Is it a ghoul? Yeah, ghoul. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. He's the ghoul. Wow. Because, because he played um, he played Tiny Dancer with uh, with Better Than Ezra, and he was out during Better Than Ezra right. set, which the light the, the day was still out. So uh, Naked Ladies didn't come out until it was night, of course course uh so i think it's pretty clear that uh that yeah he's he's the ghoul he was the one that was uh, slightly turned so yeah you may you may have picked up on i tend to do a lot of puns or try to work in as many puns as i can so this is this sure. is me working in a pun right now um <laughs> okay. oh god so, he warned us. always the best puns are prefaced with a, a long long introduction exactly so <laughs> if kevin is a day walker if he, he's, he's a ghoul uh-huh. ghoul Originally, he was born human then. Mm. <laughs> oh, good God. All right. Yes, that's exactly what it but, um, is. Um, if that's the song that we're covering tonight, is Born Human. That, well, he <laughs> wrote Kevin... this song, right? So that's that's his message. Yeah, it's sure. a coded message to us to let us know. Help me, please, before they finish. You think I didn't me. come into this song with a crackpot theory? You're wrong. I got something to blow the lid off this thing, guys. It happens now. So, born human. She follows my hand, a map of veins. To a fork in the low chow main. <laughs> so, born human was the song that Kevin wrote, or one of the many songs that Kevin wrote for Maroon, uh, that did not make it onto Maroon. Um, you had to wait until Maroon it- 5. It took them. Oh. took them five times. Wait, whoa, whoa! Was that a was that a pun? You didn't <laughs> yeah, preface sorry. that with anything. Wait, How was I guys, supposed to know? Get it was ready a for pun? this, okay? I'm about to make a pun. <laughs> okay, good, thank you. <laughs> this is Perfect. gonna be really funny. Just wait for it, okay? I'm also the <laughs> boy on this show. Please clap. <laughs> it did make it onto the European and Australian singles for "Pinch Me," although it didn't come to here in America. Um, so it was out in 2000. And then Kevin also re-recorded it with his band Kevin Hearn and Thinbuckle for his album Nightlight in 2003. Her eyes follow my hands, a map of blue veins, to a fork in the low chow main. Her eyes get that mischievous part, chasing pigeons down in the park. So the Thin Buckle version came after the BNL version. Correct. Oh, that changes. All right, interesting. Okay, cool. It's very interesting that he did that. It's it's almost like a hey, if you're not going to release it, then I will kind of thing. Not that I can say that he actually has said that, but it gives that kind of feel. Kevin would never say that. Also, yeah, he's too polite. He's Canadian. Uh, (laughs) Also, the good sweet. You might be able to see it in his eyes, but he would never come out and say it. I would. I would also (laughs) posit that perhaps the other members were restraining the weirdness of the song because the thin buckle version is even weirder, which I didn't think was possible. Even weirder. (laughs) Way weirder. That's great. It's so interesting to see two different versions come from exactly the same mm. person, but with two different yeah. bands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I, I mean, I do have a theory on why it didn't make it into Maroon, and that's just like they didn't want Maroon to become a carnival. <laughs> Perfect word. Like Perfect between. Word. This song and like uh, tonight is the night I fell asleep at the wheel. Mm-hmm. It's just like that would be a lot of like big like Sergeant Peppery sound. I was literally album. just gonna say they didn't want to invite the com- the uh, the comparison to Sergeant Pepper's probably for yeah. sure. Yeah, I-, I think that may have been it. And I-, I unfortunately I feel like this one had to suffer though. I do. I will probably say that tonight is the night is a better song for an album. I think that's fair. At least the version that they put out for this album. The version of, of Born Human? Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh for sure, yeah. The other one completely forgoes the carnival and jumps straight into the 80s and is just 100%. <laughs> oh man, I love that Thin Buckle version. It's a much darker version. Yeah, it's almost, it's got like a Talking Heads feel to it now that I think about it. But like, if Talking Heads did acid <laughs> or something, I'm not really sure. It's a psychedelic, psychedelic aspect. Probably. You know what I thought when I heard when I heard it when I first heard it I thought this is interesting the notes don't go exactly where I'm expecting them to go <laughs> and as I listened to it 
again and again, you know, a couple of times, I thought, what the hell does this sound like? And it totally reminds me of Kurt Vile in the Alabama song. Um, that okay. kind of jangly, carnival is a good word, but that kind of feel to it. So that's, that's So Aaron, do you want to break down of. the two different songs for us a little bit? Oh, Good lord, this was an assignment. <laughs> well, it didn't help any that, really that they did um, not put any of the instrumentation on any of the liner notes mm. for the Pinch Me singles. He, there's a million and one instruments in the background of this thing, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, I think it's mostly keys. Listening to this, uh, they seem to be very high-quality synthesizer voices. Because you get a lot of stuff, so it, yeah, actually, we may as well start there. That's <laughs> as good a place as any. Start with, the, start with the voices that I'm hearing. Um, <laughs> the voices never stop talking. Let's talk about your voices, <laughs> I guess I walked right into that one. <laughs> um, so, uh, that really odd, kind of sinister-sounding um, string that you hear is a reversed strings synth voice. This is used, uh, I could, the famous examples I can think of, um, The Coattails of a Dead Man by Primus and Tom Waits. Um, if you've ever seen the film From Hell, there is a song that in the From Hell movie that uses that. And then I think they want to say, like, The City of Lost Children also has some reverse strings and some of it. So very, very dark and kind of ominous uh, sounds from that particular voice. Um, and then you've got just a standard piano and a harpsichord. Uh, using both of them is an interesting choice, since the piano more or less was like a replacement or an improvement upon the harpsichord. Uh, then there's a lot of auxiliary percussion, bongos and okay. congas, and surely some others. I think I... I think I distinctly heard a marimba in there, which is a wooden pitch instrument similar to a xylophone, but lower pitch and much more deeply resonant. There's an accordion voice in there. I'm, again, fairly certain it is a keyboard voice and not an actual accordion because I'm... Yeah, there's an accordion keyboard voice. There's a bass. It sounds like double bass to me. Maybe maybe electroacoustic double bass because it sounds slightly overdriven or that could have been in post-processing. Guitar, banjo, or possibly dobro... I don't know for Ed, sure. Ed typically and plays banjo sometimes, so... Yeah. So, a lot of instrumentation. Uh, this is very much uh, like a lush wall of sound type. I mean, we talked about the Beatles and Sgt. Peppers. There's definitely that kind of uh, Phil Spector wall of sound thing going on here. Um, the song is somewhere between 102 and 103 beats per minute. Based on my experience with the band thus far, this seems... Typical of early BNL. I'm not entirely sure if they just didn't use a click track or metronome or if they were intentionally trolling music nerds <laughs> like me, but it is definitely between 102 and 103 because 102 is dragging, it's too slow, and 103 is too fast. I think it's slightly closer to 103, but I don't know, I'm not a robot. <laughs> um, after analyzing the chords for some time, I'm going to say that this song is in the key of E-flat major. Uh, there are a lot of passing chords that threw me off. The song changes tonality completely in a fairly aggressive way in what I am going to label as the pre-chorus, suddenly going into D-natural, which is not diatonic to E-flat. That's what Michelle was talking about when she said the notes don't go where Mm. I expect them to. And this song seems to revel in throwing in intentional Mm. dissonance. Uh, This is a pretty far cry from like a typical pop rock song um i have not i've been exposed i think now but to enough of bnl to know that they are not just a mere pop rock band but this one still caught me off guard uh you've got the intro which uses the chorus changes so we'll call that c uh verse one pre-chorus chorus there's like a refrain section pre-verse which is an anagram for perverse <laughs> uh sort of bridge-like section with the scat bop bop bops not exactly the same changes as the verse but almost identical the a flat chord here is minor <laughs> i'm gonna call that e with a question mark over it uh verse two is a chorus is c then the refrain again which is d and then the chorus again which is c so it's c a b c d e question mark a c d c so i guess we would call that cabs cabs <laughs> um it resolves then at the end finally to the tonic e flat major which is, sounds very nice and, and final but we have crazy layering of the voices especially mm. the keyboards um the the string voice reminded me of i don't know if you guys are familiar with the mm. mellotron the mellotron has this ethereal otherworldly quality to it it's uh it was actually a like kind of an analog synthesizer in a way um, <laughs> 
before they had digital synth sampling, they actually took tape loops and they would use the keys to press the tape loops against playheads and it would just loop this sampled note of a different instrument. So uh, the most famous example of the Mellotron sound that I can point out is uh, the beginning of Strawberry Fields Forever. Uh, oh, that okay. flute you hear. That's a Mellotron Nowadays, they have synths that have the Mellotron voices, um, but it's not quite the same. But that sounds like a Mellotron. It might be a very good synth sampling of it. Um, and then later, I don't know. It's, it's just, <laughs> I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but this song reminds me a lot of They Might Be Giants, uh, especially <laughs> with the end refrain. The woods, the woods, the deep, dark woods. They Might Be Giants tend to have these quirky songs which sound almost sinister at times. And uh, even the vocal melody has a thin, wan, nasal delivery. I have to think Kevin is a big... Uh, they might be Giants fan. Um, I think the keyboards in general are masterfully arranged and layered and performed on this tune. They're psychedelic, at times almost nauseating, but then manage to wander back into pleasantly mellow territory. So uh, <laughs> this this song goes all over the map, and I absolutely loved it. So you mentioned the the piano on the on the thin buckle version. The piano takes the place mm. of the synth and one of the other instruments. Uh, well, what I was saying is, historically speaking, when the piano came out, it was thought of as a uh, superior replacement to the harpsichord mm. because of uh, better dynamic control. But that is true. In that thin buckle version, it starts off with this austere and serious sounding piano intro. So I hadn't heard it before. When I, when I dialed it up to listen to it, uh, I thought, oh, this is interesting. Maybe we're going to hear a really sincere, stripped-down, emotionally weighty take of this song. And then a sucker punched me with this like alien <laughs> lounge sound that followed. Mm. Somehow Kevin made it more strange. Uh, there are things that I like better about this song. The drums are more present, and the song has an yes. upbeat groove. I love the detuned glockenspiel and the other strange instruments. Uh, there's some great drum and percussion work in there. <laughs> Um, but I don't know, part of me really still likes the BNL version because of how lush it is and just how, like, uh, ambient it is. Uh, but they're both very good in their own very interesting ways. Mm. My notes on the Thin Buckle version, I put, nice piano, really nice percussion, sounds like chaos. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it seems about right. Well, I did, I noted the percussion as well. The percussion seems so much more out yes. in front yes. on this. Yes. Which I like. As a, oh, as a drummer. Yeah. front is a great way to put yeah. it, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, and, and, and they have, like, I, I kind of like the bridge for the BNL version I thought was interesting. Is that the part that we're the woods, the woods, the deep, dark woods? I called that the reframe, but you could just as easily call it a bridge. Sure. It's like bridging the sections. Like, I enjoy it. It's the D section. I enjoy that, but in the thin buckle version, like, there's some weird, like, they walk, there's a drum fill slash solo. Yeah. There's, yeah. Like, like, they just go, like... I, I almost feel like Kevin was like, all right, is this song too weird for you, Bare Naked Ladies? Well, well, check out Let's Thin Buckle. Weird yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I was all about it. It has a darker feel I, with with the Thin Buckle version, I feel. It, there's just a... I don't know how... I think it's the guitar. The guitar is played so differently in the Thin Buckle version versus the mm. banjo, I think, is kind of the, the what it's taking the place of. You know, I, I can see that, but also the Thin Buckle version, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Aaron, the, it, it seems much more up-tempo. Like, it's, oh, yeah. it, is. it is quicker. It's faster. Which I also thought was weird, because, like, considering the, the pace of the song, these two songs are mm. roughly the same length. Like, this, the, the Thin Buckle version adds yeah. a lot of instrumentation without feeling, like, super, like, oh, I could cut this, or this is too long. Mm. Like, it just, I feel like it, it fleshed out the song more. Mm -hmm. Like, it added more more without making it feel uh, tiresome. So, I don't know, I like that. Yeah, I do, too. I really like their, their version of it. I think the, the Thin Buckle version, if anything, reminded me of uh, kind of a Buckethead. Oh, yeah. uh, which, when, <laughs> when I first saw Buckethead, it was in 2001 with Primus. And I had no idea who he was. Like, back then, it was, he was not as well-known. And uh, he came out on stage, and a, a rubber chicken slowly <laughs> descended from the ceiling. And then he put his guitar down, and he pulled out some nunchucks and did, like, a kata. It was really <laughs> odd. But I could see this playing in the background for that kind of performance. So 
Very cool. Very very alien and weird. Yeah. I like it. I wonder And was it me Oh, go ahead and show. I was just going to say I wondered about the timing of this song. Um mm. And I wonder I was shocked to hear it number 1 because I'm like when was this on Maroon? I totally missed that. And I'm like, how could I miss that? I've listened to Maroon obsessively like thousands of times. And then I realized that it was not on that version. Um, but I just wondered about the timing of when it was written. And I wondered if that's when Kevin was sick or getting sick or getting diagnosed. And I wondered if that yes. kind of darkness and chaos mm. and, you know, just that weird atonal feeling was kind of stemming from that. Or an expression nope. of that. This song and the one that was actually on the album, Hidden Sun, were both written around the time that he was in cancer recovery. Hmm. That's interesting. It's impossible for me to say this without sounding uh, flippant. And uh, I mean this sincerely. So if anyone is out there who is you know, currently in chemo or like undergoing therapy for cancer, please know I'm not making fun of you. I'm very seriously am going to say... This song kind of sounds like what I, I imagine chemo might feel like. Uh, it because I like I was saying, and when I think about it, it kind of was nauseating yes. at times. At least the the very thick um, strings. And now I, now that I think about it, that actually is a really astute observation, Michelle. That might indeed be like where the, that's coming from. Sure, the and chaos. I mean, connecting those. The, yeah, and you said you know because it'll it'll go from those moments of nausea back to like mm-hmm. oh I feel good again for a while and then it'll slowly slip down that hill again into chaos. So yeah. definitely, I think oh, there's yeah. something like to that. the waves. That's a good. Yeah, that's a really good point. Now, was it just my imagination, Aaron? You you could you pick out the stuff a lot better than I ever could. Did Kevin's voice sound slightly different in the two different versions so like with the lighter higher tones that would be an L, I felt like Kevin was like trying to pull his voice down and then when it came to the thin buckle version that he was just letting his voice sound normal or maybe it was just my yeah. vo- it, it was that whole thing that happens with psychology where you know the comparison of light and dark and and the gray appears one way or the other based upon upon what mm. you're comparing it to uh. I think it's a fairly similar delivery, but I think it being so upbeat in the in the thin buckle version, and maybe um, maybe it's just processed a little differently. Um, it maybe it may feel a little more present. I think that we kind of we kind of hit the nail on the head when we said the drums are very upfront in the song. I think the vocals are actually a little more upfront too in the thin buckle song. I really feel like the star of the show in the BNL version is the keys, and this is big, huge wall of different keyboard voices and everything else, the vocals included kind of take a back seat to that <laughs> in the, in the BNL version, which, you know, it's uh it's an interesting effect and I don't dislike it, but uh, yeah, I think it, maybe they're just a little more present. There he's definitely kind of got a nasal and kind of high, kind of high pitch nasal delivery in both of them. But uh, yeah, I think it might be a little more uh, upfront in the mix in the thin buckle version. And for me, the, the darker sound of the second one, the faster, but darker sound almost mixes to me. That is what mixes really well with Kevin's voice. I, I mm. wish that Kevin wrote more songs along that kind of line. Cause I think that's the perfect sound for his voice. Um, I think when it's high and reedy, it it doesn't go well with his voice uh, because he has that naturally high, airy type sound. Does anyone have any, anything else to add about the music piece before we move over to the lyrics? Uh, I'm sure I do. Are we talking about Thin Buckle or BNL or either I'd one? Say either at this point, yeah. Like that. Uh, did you guys see the uh, the live version that's on YouTube? Yeah, where he starts off by complimenting somebody on trying to dance to another song. <laughs> that that is amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but that whole live version, like instrumentally, is just mm. flat out crazy. They do like this big like he and the drummer do this big solo contest in the middle, and the band starts like yeah. scatting, and then they like go into like a Led Zeppelin cover and a Steve Perry cover, and like. It just gets nuts. Like instrumentally, they, oh, I'm amazed at how uh, a buck oh. wild they take this version. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed that performance. Actually, that's the kind of thing that I, I wish I'd been present to see live. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, does he not do? I mean, is Thin Buckle still a a band? Is it still around? Or he hasn't recorded another album with them since 2009. Um, okay. So I don't. He has put out solo albums since then, but no Thin Buckle 
um, albums. Right, right, okay. So, um, no, yeah, although that's... they did go on the cruises prior uh, okay. to prior to Steve leaving, um, right? So, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I uh, yeah, I thought that was uh, that was interesting instrumentally. How much they? I mean, it's already a loose song, but how much they played with it live, uh, I thought was really cool. Yeah, coming from a jazz background, I always enjoy when there's like an element of improvisation in something and you see people kind of communicating with their eyes and their bodies and kind of doing something on the fly. And there's a there's a real aspect of like drama in that. Same reason I like live theater, you know? Yeah. And Aaron, let me ask you this, because from what I gather, you are a nerd. Is this true? <laughs> oh, 100 <laughs> Um, where did you get that impression? So, so this this is totally cuttable. If it's if it is does not make sense or doesn't go anywhere, okay. but sure. the 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 kind of uh, I I don't know the light motif of the song the da na 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 it reminds yeah. me of a some sort of like video game maybe like a JRPG rest song or something. Did it spark the yeah. same weird nostalgia in yeah. your brain or? That's a really good point. Yeah, I, I could see that being like a loop, like a loop in a in a in an RPG, like yeah, either on a map or something like that. They, those like especially those JRPGs had a habit of making something that was kind of on the the cusp of being unsettling, but also kind of restful sounding sure. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it just like it wasn't even like a general like oh this sounds like it could mm. be in Final Fantasy. Like no. it, for me, it was like. What is this from? I need to figure maybe, it out. <laughs> maybe he pulled it from something subconsciously. It's, it's entirely possible. That's possible. I do. I do love that that uh, that repeating melody, though. That is. Oh uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's it is weirdly atonal and and lovely. <laughs> so, so should we go on to lyrics? Sure. Yeah. All right. Sure. Who wants to start? Because this is uh, it's a very interesting song lyrically. I'll just throw in this, um, and it kind. This is what kind of got me thinking about the whole. I wonder if this was when Kevin was going through chemo. Um, the the part that stood out to me was the line. Um, let's see. She follows my hand, a map of veins to the fork in the low chow mein. Um, like it just made me think of him getting the the port and the oh. chemo, and like he's kind of artistically out there describing his process through chemo that's what it mm. just oh. the chaos of it like that's when i started thinking like well if this is maroon i think the timing of that is pretty right like he's going through this right now and i wondered about that i mean the rest of it is just sort of um very fairy you know grim's fairy tale but that specific part got me thinking about you know like the chemo trailing through his veins and all of that and trying to um, heal him or not or whatever. I think it's, it is so funny that you, you went so deep into that line because in my notes, I wrote, what a tired joke. (laughs) 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 Because I was like, Oh, you know, come to a fork in the road. You take it. Like he's comparing his veins to a map and he's saying there's a fork in the map. But it's the fork in the low chow main. Like, <laughs> all right. Like, it's it's a. I I just thought it was like a. Uh, like lyrically, I was not super into this song. Um, I thought it was it was just like simple. Like uh, the mm-hmm. thesis of the song. Like I'm dating a wolf woman, and then you've got two <laughs> verses, neither of which are particularly elucidating. And then you just like, and then you jump back and not that I have any, like musically, it's great. But when you actually break it down and analyze it, I thought like, if this is what it appears to be on the surface, it's like, what, like, okay, you, you just wrote a bad version of like Werewolves of London, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I wasn't super into it nice. lyrically. Nice. I, I have to agree with you, Saker. Like, it's a great, interesting idea, but like we've covered with several of Kevin's songs so far, and you're you're going to come up against uh, this in the in the far future. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like two years from now. Yeah, yeah. the story oh, leaves wait. me we'll wanting. We'll have to revisit it. <laughs> oh, for yeah. sure. This story, like it, he he always leaves me wanting, but not in a good way. You know, it reminds me yeah. of like that food fad that that goes around where you have only a couple little tiny pieces on the plate, and you're like, right. but that's not. I, I didn't come to a restaurant to eat like a couple of little tiny 
bite. That's I, one I carrot. Want... I want more than one <laughs> carrot. <laughs> and, and I don't listen to BNL for that either. I listen yeah. to them for a really cool, interesting concept idea that's fleshed out and and I really want a much more of this story because it's a really interesting idea that he goes nowhere with. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and so, you know, if we're highlighting the musicality instead of the lyrics, I think that mm. the Thin Buckle version does a great job of that because, again, it, it mm-hmm. fleshes out musically all those, I think, ideas that Kevin kind of wanted to explore with this. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I'm going to be a slightly contrarian with Shocker. the lyrics because uh, <laughs> uh, I... All that right, was so, awful. As I'm somebody, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have company, as, and as I'm somebody... acting atrociously. I apologize. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> um, as somebody who who has felt somewhat like an alien uh, at times in my life, uh, the song, both versions, really, but perhaps especially the Thin Buckle version, leaves me with the impression that the narrator is an alien or feels like an alien amongst humans. <laughs> Born human, raised by wolves. The humans are the wolves. And I mean, at face value, you might interpret the song as a crazy tale about a guy who meets a woman who is literally raised by wolves. He meets her parents and they're actual wolves. And then she's trying to adjust to human life with him. But if you look at some of the contextual clues... I think you'll find reason to believe that Raised by Wolves is a metaphor, even if her parents lick their chops when they look at him, because she was raised by wolves, but then she wandered deep into the woods. She should be at home deep in the woods if she was raised by wolves, literally. Rather, it seems like the woods is his world, and he wonders if she will be able to understand it. In a more general sense, it can be taken to someone, again, who maybe feels or is made to feel like an alien. I know personally I'm very introverted. I'm pretty good. I think at being sociable in short controlled bursts but after a while it really tears me out it tires me out and i need to retreat back to the safety of my sanctuary or in the narrator's case that's represented by the deep woods whether that is a metaphor or to be taken literally i cannot say but that was my take on it (laughs) i'm so so proud that you guys got around to the narrator is an alien you guys have come such a long way i'm so proud of you (laughs) we got it's vampires to the left of me and aliens to the right. Oh, here I am stuck <laughs> with you guys. <laughs> you had you had an interesting theory, Saker. Is this along similar lines? Well, okay. So let's break it down, right? All right. So she lived six miles down the Portage Trail. Mm, Did you guys mm-hmm. research the Portage Trail at all? I, I, I was going to Google it, but I was like, nah, you, I, I wish I had. You now. knew I was coming on. So the Great Portage yeah. Trail, mainly used by fur trappers traveling from Ontario Ooh. to Minnesota. Yeah. So you have Canada to the U.S., right? All right. So a lot of these trappers came from a place called Rupert's Land in Canada. Rupert's Land was owned by the Hudson Bay Company for all intents and purposes. Now, here's where the kicker comes in. The Hudson Bay Company is responsible for the first known picture of Bigfoot. So I think this is Kevin's way of kind of attempting to make sure that the world knows that the wolf girl from the story is kind of an XP for Bigfoot himself. So there's some sort of like human wolf genetic modification that's happening somewhere still today along the Great Portage Trail that's kind of resulting in these Sasquatch-like creatures. Uh, And he wants to kind of spread this information far and wide, but he can't do it, you know, just out there. So he has to kind of code it in a song. Which is why it got banned from Maroon. Exactly. I don't think yeah. Canada or the to US the was truth. brave enough to put this on. I mean, in Australia, what does it matter, right? They don't know what the Portage Trail is. <laughs> they love that. I mean, there. people here might actually listen to it and go out and try to find this this hybrid facility, and like, things get bad. I feel like this is season three of Stranger Things. Okay. I, can only I think this is the first time I've said this, but Kevin Hearn, if you would please come on the show, we want, we have some questions for you about. Born human. Tell us the truth about Bigfoot. We want to know this is the- all the sordid details. <laughs> Thank you. I can't believe this is the first time you've begged a bare naked lady. We do that every episode. Oh, we just Ke- this is the first time I've asked for Kevin. I've asked oh, for Stephen and Ed on every episode. Have, have we asked for Andy or Jim yet? I don't know. I think we've I think we've missed them, and, and we've asked for Tyler. We have asked for Tyler. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we've asked Andy though, and I feel a little bit bad about that. <laughs> Andy, if you're listening to the show, please come on the show. We would love to talk with as you. A, yeah, we took care of that. As a fellow ginger, I would love for you to come on the show <laughs> and just be one with the gingers. Okay. I'm okay, The guys. numbers would be <laughs> unbalanced. 
<laughs> we take over the show. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. That was great. I love that. <laughs> what a great theory. I mean, theory in quotes. All right, that's fine. It makes, you don't think it's, it's true? Theory, then, truth. Whatever, man. The man's always going to try and keep us it down. Makes, oh, you're lucky this no, show I mean, is PG-13, I, or else I would really it, be having my way with you right now. It, it's a theory. It makes 100% percent sense to me. I'm thank in. You. Thank you. I'm in. I'm here for that. There's, there's no G-men in my my place right now telling me that that's a theory. I see yeah, the gun slightly off camera pointed at you. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, he's doing some great space work. You aren't seeing it here, but he turned to the yeah, side and everything just, on just camera. I'm just going to say, I wish this episode was a video. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're carting me away. <laughs> They're coming. Uh, away. Uh-huh. So... Evan, we do things a little... Or Evan. <laughs> as Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Is it because I did the crackpot theory? You can't just call me Evan. <laughs> we'll call this man Evan and pitch his voice down. <laughs> yeah, right. So you can't tell who it really is. <laughs> Saker, uh, we do ratings a little bit differently on our show than on yours. Oh, so you uh, do them incorrectly. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, we do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, we go... Oh, you are getting the look from Michelle. Uh-oh. <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast because the audience would see the disdain on my face. The death glare. How very dare you. All right. So so we do a typical zero to five rating and Michelle gives us what the what the rating will be for the week. Well, I had originally made the rating how many whiskey bars um, do we rate the song from zero to five. But after this discussion, I've changed it. And I want to know... How many Bigfoots do you give this song? I feel like that's the appropriate rating system after your theory. It, and I, I, I feel you, and I agree with that rating scale, but my question is, and this is really diving into our territory more than yours, is it Bigfoots or Bigsfoot or Big Feet? Well, I was going to put Big Feet, but big I, just, feet. I, I chose specifically not to. I was going to put Big Feet, but I wanted it to be Bigfoots. I just wanted it that way. I, okay, good. I, I think, uh, I wait, I think that. that the plural is actually like sheep, where you don't change it at all. Bigfoot okay. is I believe Bigfoot. To, to tie this back into Canada, uh, I believe if you've watched Trailer Park Boys, you would know that the plural would be Sam Squanches. <laughs> yes. Perfect. How many Sam Squanches? How many Sam Squanches? <laughs> um, so I guess I'll go first, since I'm here. Um <clears throat> Although after all this talk, I kind of feel like I want to give the song a higher rating. Um, I gave it a 3.25. I'm happy with that. It was decent. Wow, you know, is, is it something I would listen to every single time? No. Is this why this song why I listen to the Bare Naked Ladies? No. But a song in and of itself with a possible whatever history from Kevin, it's really interesting. So I'm happy <laughs> to give it a 3.25. Uh, I guess, Aaron, let's go to you. Looking at my previous scores, I gave another postcard 3.4 chimpanzees out of 5. <laughs> Only appropriate, then, that I give Born Human 3.4 Sam Squanches out of 5. This song is the anti-another postcard, where another postcard is very straightforward, bubblegum pop rock with some hip-hop influence. Uh, Born Human is an exploratory psychedelic journey, uh, where another postcard is very easy to listen to. Born Human challenges the listener. I like it about as much as I liked another postcard, but for very, very different reasons. Mm -hmm. So they're both a 3.4 for me. And... Tracy will do you next. We always like to save the guests for last. We want you to have oh, the last mm-hmm. word. So, tr- okay. Tracy, tell us your how many Sam Squanches do you give oh. this song? So, cue the music. I am going to be the hater of the week. Ooh. Ooh. I just drag you down? Just watch me drag you down. I'm just like a so this is interesting <laughs> this is a rare occasion sorry to be the bad one out here this week um <laughs> i've said on another song i want to say it was alcohol might have been alternative girlfriend um that i love how there's each person's doing something interesting and it all congeals together and it's just, just amazing 
wall of sound, but at the same time, a beautiful song with beautiful lyrics. I feel like this is the exact opposite of that situation where we have all these great people that if you took each track and played each track separately, they're all doing something really interesting. But I don't feel like any of it congeals, and I feel like there's no... Once again, I'm. it's that meal that I feel like it's a really good chicken wing that's both jerky, hot, and teriyaki all at the same time. Make up your mind. <laughs> I like all of them. They're all phenomenal, but not together. Um, so I'm going to say uh, I do like it better than Bag of Bones. I'm going to go 2.25. Very good. Okay. There's a pattern. I don't like Kevin's song so far, but <laughs> I do I do want to put this out there. <laughs> if this were ranking the Thin Buckle version, it would be much higher for me. We'd be talking about high threes. I would still want a lot more story and a lot more meat, but it would be definitely a high three for me Interesting. then. Interesting. Interesting that when it's allowed to grow to its full weird potential, you actually like it more. So I'm, I'm curious about that. Take that, I'm weird. take that record company. <laughs> um, okay, dying Saker, to hear what Saker's got. How All many right. Sam squanches do you give this song? So here's the deal. I think originally I was going to give it three Sam squanches, right? Like kind of like middle of the road, more than middle of the yeah. road. Two and a half would be middle. Yeah. I like the song. I think it's interesting. But then I heard the Thin Buckle version and I heard what mm. the song can truly be. It's p- full potential. Yes. Yeah. So in the end, I think I ended up giving it, let's say, two big feet and three big toes uh, <laughs> for a total of 2.6 Sam squanches in total. Excellent. Um, and that's uh, honestly, it was gonna be, it was gonna be higher until I heard the thin buckle version, and specifically mm-hmm. when Kevin says, "Ah, the woods," which might be my favorite <laughs> line in that Kevin has ever sung for any could li- or for any any song. Um, but man, I'm gonna be using that phrase for the rest of my life. So <laughs> ah, this woods. is actually quite funny in the ratings. Um, I don't know if you heard our early episodes when we were doing some of the kids' songs, Saker, but. Um, they got quite a bit of flack, and Born Human mm-hmm. is now tied with seven eight nine. <laughs> Whoa, interesting! Ooh, yes. I see those as very, very different very songs. Different so songs. interesting <laughs> yeah. that they'd be tied. Did you have a guest on that episode? No, no, that was our first. No, but we had Bobby. Okay, all right. So I may have dragged down the rating for Born Human. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I dragged the rating down quite yes. significantly. Well, Hashtag blame, blame Tracy. Tracy. Okay. Yes. <laughs> blame it on me. Wait, that was the other week. <laughs> Join the conversation, folks. Get on Twitter. Yeah, do you have a fun hashtag for your uh, hashtag boring human or hashtag, <laughs> hashtag uh, Sam born human? This song is great. <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing. Now, on your show, and we can cut here if you don't want to do this. On your show, you do a uh different rating scale i'd love to hear what your rating is based on what you guys do oh boy see usually i come in like ready with a rating for those okay so (laughs) okay all right here we go so uh this for me i think and if you're not familiar with my show it's all been done uh we rated on a scale from uh bare naked to fully clothed so the more (laughs) naked a song is the better it is and it is um some would call it an abstract rating system that makes absolutely no sense to the outside observer, but... <laughs> uh, so, okay, so the, the Bare Naked Ladies version of this song is um, is stumbling out of the woods, and uh, it's a man who has, who has just gone through hell in this forest, and his clothes are ripped, and he's bleeding through tattered them, he's clothes. in tattered yeah. clothes, <laughs> and... and so, so he's not in good shape, but he is kind of naked. I mean, if you if you see him, he doesn't have that many clothes on. They're tattered. Meanwhile, the Thin Buckle version of this song is a massive, a, a prehistoric hunter wearing the pelt of a wolf on his head, and he's got just That's... a loincloth on. So they're they are two. They they embody wolves in two entirely different ways. One is the hunter, and one is the hunted. <laughs> It's like the Red Hot Chili Peppers just wearing the sock. <laughs> <up. laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a PG. I would have said sock a long time ago. <laughs> now I have to. Now Tracy's going to believe it. Uh, whenever people swear on this show, we use the Yoko Ono warble. So, <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> so I got to go look that up again and pull it out. Perfect. <laughs> 
Uh, so appearance fact for the week real quick. Continuing with the Where Are They in the Summer of 88 series, where was Kevin Hearn? He just joined the Look People that summer, and the same summer that B&L was forming, he was joining the Look People. He did four different <laughs> albums with them. Interesting. Yeah. After he joined them, he was with them for another five years, I want to say, until they disbanded. Here's why that's important. Three of the members were later on incorporated into Kevin Hearn and Thinbuckle. Derek Orford... <laughs> who is the guitar and mandolin player, left the band just after the first album due to injury, never returned. The other two are Chris Gartner, who does bass and guitar, and the great Bob Scott, who does drum and percussion. And they have made three albums together, although they have not recorded another one since 2002, as I mentioned earlier. It's really interesting that this band that he met just at the same time that B&L was coming together, he later redid this same exact song for, for Nightlight. And by the way, Nightlight by Kevin Hearn in Thimbuckle, also on the song Lost and Stolen, has Kurt Swinghammer on it. We mentioned him a couple weeks back with different one. Which one was it? Was it Blame It On Me? <laughs> I think it was Blame It On Me that we mentioned <laughs> Kurt Swinghammer was the, was the impetus for Ed's playing on that song. Might have been. <laughs> Interesting. I like the way that you said, uh, the, my favorite thing about everything you just said, Tracy, was that the way that you said, where was Kevin Hearn? It's not like an, at- <laughs> like an attack ad. Where were you, Kevin? Somebody was murdered. Where was Kevin Hearn? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Hearn can't, can't account for his location on that <laughs> day. No alibi. <laughs> Should have a bright light shining into the camera. Yeah. <laughs> So, plugs, this is the part where I want to know more, Saker, for you about, like, how people can find you. Because your your show yes, is please. completely and utterly entertaining. I love listening to it. Like, on the songs that we've already covered, I go back and listen to so that way right. I can hear. Because I love, especially your rating system. But you guys are just hilarious and great with improv. So, it's, it's a lot of fun to listen I to. I well, love you so your rating system. And I just want to say, I can't wait till you get yeah. to Conventioneers. That's all. Oh, man. Well, Maroon is easily my favorite Brand Naked Ladies oh. album, so I am very, very excited to get to it as well. Oh. Sorry to, to tip my hand. It's all been done, listeners. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can get to it through all the conventional uh, channels we're on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you search for us on whatever your podcast catcher is, you could probably find it. Uh, we release new episodes every Tuesday. Uh, so um, yeah. When, when does this episode come out? Uh, this one will come out on Tuesday, August, well, I say 6th. Tuesday, August, or Monday, August 6th, or Tuesday, August 7th? Tuesday, August 7th. <laughs> okay, so on the same day that this is being released, which I didn't realize we released on the same day. We God, do. God, <laughs> you're our competition. 100%. Uh, you can also go over to our stream right now and listen to our interview with uh, J. Keith Van Stratton of the Maximum Fun podcast, Go Fact Yourself. And uh, nice. we're talking to him about, am I the only one right now? Ooh. So uh, that's a cool one to talk about. Boy, that was a, it is hard to riff and improv on a song about death <laughs> Ye- <Yes>. yikes <laughs> but uh but it's still a good episode yeah so come come check us out on on itunes and uh and uh send us some emails and engage with us on twitter and facebook and all that good stuff too so nice cool excellent yes definitely do go out and listen to these guys they are hilarious i love listening to all the all the podcasts that they put out i i don't listen to the ones that we're close to right because i don't want to repeat things or if we do i don't want to i don't want to <laughs> intentionally repeat things right, it's so. right. <laughs> well it's all good thank you for for listening at all i'm honored oh you're quite welcome <laughs> so i did not like kevin hearn's music today um and you guys all seem to disagree with me um Maybe you guys even want to go out and get all his albums, you know, his four solo albums, his Thin Buckle albums, his four Look People albums, the Two Cousins albums, his Quirky and the Juice Pig album, you know, or maybe one day he'll kind of compile all of that into a greatest 
hits, uh, like our greatest works. Um, they contribute them. They kind of put them into this big compilation. Al, Weird Al released one. I can't think of the name, what they're called. Uh, but Weird Al just released one like recently. What, what's, what are they oh, called? In the huge accordion that, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, when they put like, they like, usually they have like six discs and then they have like all this extraneous stuff. What yeah. do they call that? Michelle's giving. Uh, me- I believe the pun that you are so. Uh, <laughs> Michelle is giving me the look of death. delicately constructing is box yes. set. Oh, box <laughs> set! Yes, God. yes, that's. A- <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I hope you All enjoy right. that pun. I t- I enjoyed the box set. That might have been a good one to have a FaceTime recording of because <laughs> the, the eye communication has been fabulous all night. I will say. <laughs> so join us next week for for box set, and we will have another guest during the summer of bees. Uh, thank you again for joining us, Saker. Attack of, of course. Thank bees. you guys for having oh, me. You're welcome to come back yeah, anytime. I hope you yeah. come on again. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Some B-sides, I'd love to do them with you guys since we're not doing those. <laughs> <laughs> and bring Evan along. Oh, I, I Absolutely, I will. I'm psyched <laughs> to get him on here. <laughs> Sweet. And uh, thank you, Michelle and Aaron. That was fun. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except maybe one. What is that? I don't know. Sounds like a fan. It sounds like a fan or a vacuum. Is it on? Is it on my end? Huh. I, I, don't I don't know. I know it's not here. I don't have a vacuum here. It's but... it's gone now. <laughs> it it was it was the alien. It was the vampires coming. <laughs> very very possible. Kevin is not pleased so... that we're speaking this way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's Canadian. What's he going to do? Apologize us to death? <laughs> he'll he'll feed us poutine and. Get, raise our cholesterol. Oh. <laughs> what was that? Whoa. Do you guys hear that? <laughs> okay, I know exactly. I was getting a text. My phone is sitting on uh, the desk, so it probably oh. vibrated the whole desk. <laughs> that is exactly what was happening there. Sorry about that. That's all right. Someone was someone was building a Trojan rabbit inside my head. <laughs> Sorry, I removed okay. my phone from the desk. Like, like what? Why is there a drill inside my brain? First, okay, uh, first it's your voices inside your head. Now it's Trojan yeah. rabbits. You guys are just it's trying to darkness. drive me mad, isn't it? Uh, so <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.